0: wonderfully done a wholesome show about sex communication and loving yourself hosted by me lauren
1: and i am vix your other gorgeous co-host We are two gorgeous Australian bisexual women who love talking about sex, we love talking about communication, and we love talking about relationships. Pretty much everything and how people come together really spins our wheels and gets our juicy brains thinking. Today we have two beautifully huge Areas of conversation, we are talking about the bisexual feeling experience, and we are talking about should I be polyamorous when I don't really want to?
0: Yes. So on a usual wonderfully done show, it's about Vix and I sitting down and giving you that sex posy friend experience. You can ask us questions, share your experiences, what you're curious about, what you're concerned about. And then we share our own experiences, thoughts, advice. You know, we'll do research with you, for you, get some experts in the room sometimes. And it's really just about all of us letting go of shame, trying to get in touch with healing, getting in touch with what we really want and designing the lives that reflect our longings, just to get all poetic about it. Uh, The one rule that we try and have is that we want it to be a shame-free zone. We're all working on our own shame. We want you to work on yours. Uh, We cannot understand everything from someone by the questions that they send, but we try and do our best. And we ask our listeners to also extend respect, empathy and understanding to us as well. It's also really important to know that Vix and I are not professionals. We're not your doctor. We're not your psychologist. And we're not sex therapists. Really just think about us as your sex posse pals to sit down and have an open and vulnerable conversation. But Vix, I can't believe that we are at season two. Holy shit.
1: I'm so bloody thrilled, you know, when we were first talking about this project, I'm sure I mentioned last episode, we're just like, well, you know, maybe we'll do, we'll do 10 episodes and see how we go, see how we feel about it, see if this is right for us. And even launching our first episode and how it was received, the beautiful feedback that we got, it was like, holy fuck, we, <laughs> we're going to be doing this project for a long time. I honestly can't say how thrilled we are collectively to be bringing this show back And we have lots of fresh ideas for you. And we are lining up some very exciting guests. And I'm just freaking excited Lauren
0: <laughs> yes we are putting all of the work in we had a gorgeous survey at the end of last season everyone's been so amazing with their feedback with their support letting us know what they want to see more of uh, letting us know about the experts that they want us to get access to and to bring into the room and uh, we have updated our structure a little bit we've got jingles we're trying to make all of these improvements because we love what we do we love all of the listeners that we have and we're just super excited to have the show back. Uh, we really needed it in the year of 2020 and I think I'm going to continue to need it for, as Vic said, for quite some time. So <laughs> yeah, so let's start getting into it. So Vic, First question of the second season. What have we got in the mailbox today?
1: We've actually got some very juicy questions. Uh, Expect some very robust conversation coming your way. Dear Wonderfully Done. I'm a bisexual gal in a long-term, happy, straight-passing-with-bunny-ears relationship. I've only ever been in relationships with straight men, oops in brackets, and not done a lot of fooling around in between. Whilst I embrace the part of me that is attracted to women, it also leaves me nervous and frustrated because I'm worried that one day my big old gay desires are going to uncontrollably rear their head and be like, Feed me! And I won't be satisfied in my current relationship. Is this simply internalised biphobia, where I'm anticipating I'll be flaky and more likely to betray my partner? At this point, I don't want to go into the open relationship space, but I also don't want to go my whole life feeling like I've ignored part of who I am. How do I reach my deathbed with no regrets?
0: So dear listener, I feel that there's so many people out there That are in this situation right now. Wouldn't you say Vix? I think we know lots of people like this.
1: (laughs) This sounds like the bi experience on a platter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was just saying to Vix. When we were talking about this question. That as someone who's bisexual. Or pan. You can end up feeling like you have to get all of your Pokemon badges in order to be valid. Like you have to have had these kinds of sex with these kinds of gender presentations in order to be valid. So you can end up getting this very unique type of like bi anxiety, wouldn't you say?
1: Yes, very much so. I think I mentioned on our bi episode, you know, my own feelings around not feeling valid in a variety of ways until I'd sort of done specific actions you know at that time it was like going on what I considered like a proper date you know with a woman where I'd like sort that out very specifically and kind of I guess you know I'd done you know like other things it's like it's not like I'd never slept with a woman before it's not like I hadn't kissed lots of women before but it was sort of like I really felt like this was like my first serious date where it felt like there was like serious flirting on our serious date and um you know having that like whoo like kiss at the end of the date and yeah it was kind of I literally actually came out to my family after that happened so I feel like that's like very expressive um (laughs) of uh, my feelings about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Vix, how did you feel after you'd had that experience? Did it feel like once you'd done that, you would then be able to come out to your family? Like, did it actually help you feel better or were you like, actually, I don't feel different?
1: I, I think I did feel different, like in the, uh, some of it in a I I guess, maybe like a biphobic sense <laughs> with the kind of the Pokemon badges thing. Like uh, it makes me frustrated at myself that I had to have that experience to feel that way. But also uh, there's a lot of things in life that sometimes you don't know exactly how you're going to feel about them until you do them. So I think, you know, for me personally, it was a really important step and I feel like it gave me this different sort of sense of calm in um, queer spaces and, and helped me feel a little bit more comfortable in myself. I guess, you know, another intersection that I have in these kinds of areas is sometimes um, I'm not very good at trusting how I feel um, and trusting what I want. So sometimes I wonder if it's kind of a little bit of that intersection which created a, a little bit of the uncertainty though i i've i've known that i'm some iteration of by since i was a, a teenager for mm. sure but um yeah
0: and there's good reasons that there's such high rates of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> among yes. bisexuals and pansexuals, because you're, unless you're in some kind of poly relationship that has the perfect quote unquote constellation of genders, you'll always feel invisible on some side and you'll always feel like you're letting some team down or whatever the situation. And there's lots of women that only realize maybe a broader scope of attraction and they're already in an established relationship. And it's that question of, Well, if I'm curious for something that my partner can't give me, what do I do about it? And that doesn't make you a bad person. Like I can understand that there's guilt, but, you know, bisexuality or being attracted to women in a straight passing relationship isn't a kink or a fetish, (laughs) but you could look at kink or fetish culture to be like, how do other people get their needs met or engage in a curiosity? Does this look like pornography? Does this look like seeing a professional you know, what does this look like? There are definitely things that this person can do that could maybe help explore the edges of their own personal desires or their fantasies without it being a whole open relationship, right?
1: Yeah, because I, I, it's tricky, right, with sort of uh, the whole thing around bisexuality and pansexuality and, like, the ideas of, like, yeah, more likely to... to participate in infidelity more likely to be flaky and it's just it's kind of it's so wild because it's like people change feelings all the time and this isn't based on their sexuality like sometimes like like dating people and having different kinds of relationships and that sort of thing it's like the world is a buffet sometimes I feel like fucking eating garlic bread all the time and I only want garlic bread it doesn't mean that I don't fucking love the shit out of fries anymore (laughs) like some days I only want to eat that and like that's fine too I feel like Almost like a little bit, it's lovely once you kind of like have these labels for your identity, but I think sometimes also the labels can be a little bit crushing because there is no one way to be. Like some bisexuals might be the same all the time. Like maybe you're a you're a you're a 80% cis hat dudes and 20% every other beautiful variety in the world. Uh And maybe you were just like that all the time and that never changes over the entire course of your life. But those are the people I think that that would be the teeny weeny weeny itty bitty little percentage of people because sexuality and attraction fluctuates, especially as we get to know ourselves better. Uh, and get more in touch with what we really want and figuring out new and different ways that that could fit into our lives. because that's the thing, right? Like not wanting an open relationship space. like it, even even that, like what does that mean to you? are you are you saying, as in not having other relationships, because like a really soft way that it can look is uh, something that me and Lauren go to sometimes when the world isn't bananas, is a dance party called Unicorns. And like, it's a super queer dance party and everybody dresses like a little bit on this sort of like sexy, revealing, expressive, you know, there's lots of glitter. And it's just kind of a space that's a little bit more charged with queer possibilities. So usually with the friends that I go with, it'll be like, it's just like a very normal thing that I'll probably kiss a bunch of them and, and just really enjoy that for what it is. Or maybe, you know, there's a kissing booth there. So you can like pop yourself in the little kissing booth and, you know, have a little bit of fun there. But it's kind of like also having the room and space to do things like that doesn't have to mean even a breach in a monogamous relationship if you've both agreed that that is an action that you're both comfortable with you know like it also doesn't have to have big scary labels of like this is an open relationship now anything is on the (laughs) table go crazy
0: (laughs) yes yes absolutely and i'm nodding along like crazy because i think unicorns is a great thing to bring up because for this person you know she's thinking about big old gay desires and maybe some of those are sexual but also do you have your need for community like Satisfied? Do you have your need for validation and connection satisfied? Like, do you actually have a big bi or queer community around you that is decoupled from the idea of sex or dating or relationships? Because not a lot of people realize how healing it is to be in spaces where straight isn't assumed or it's not a big deal to talk about the butt of whatever gender of this gorgeous person or you can just be and connect with other people that also have these plural types of sexualities and that helps enormously and you might actually find that that helps you feel a bit more at ease with yourself and the relationships that you're in and not just be nervous about whether or not you've eaten pussy right so yeah
1: oh my god I don't know if this is I've also just been nodding along furiously and I don't know if this is going to sound ridiculous but I feel like a lot of the time sexuality is too sexualized (laughs) And like that being the epitome of value or expression, where the actual ways that that can express, like uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming from you know a bisexual that that it's both like a sexual and romantic feelings, you know, and there's like a really broad scale of different really beautiful things to experience in there sort of like I feel like really important to say my sweet babe you're putting so much pressure on yourself you've got a really long juicy life ahead of you and there are like so many beautiful lovely things that there is room and time to explore as you're comfortable it sounds like maybe figuring out what some of those things that you might want to do are might Help, you know, because it may, may be community is the thing. Other people who are like me, other people who have these feelings, like I found, um, like the bisexual Facebook groups that I'm in so validating for that. And just seeing, you know, even us being able to say this is the, like a such a, a clear by experience that we just understand immediately because I feel like you could write this question in any of the bi groups and people would be like me too i understand this is what i did rah, rah, rah. like yeah this you are definitely not alone and feeling this way and and also don't be too hard on yourself like yeah definitely some internalized biphobia here i still am working through internalized biphobia like how could we not with all of the myths all of the pressures that are floating around we're all just trying our bloody best and it sounds like you're having to think about it and looking for more information and that's fucking awesome like what a beautiful step to getting more of what you want out of life and feeling the most you you can feel
0: Absolutely. And with this listener, you know, there's language in there that's about uncontrollably, you know, my desires will be uncontrollable and then I won't be satisfied and things like that. And, you know, it's there's a really interesting book by um, Esther Perel that uh, I think is called maybe it's called Cheating or maybe it's called Infidelity. She's got some kind of interesting book that is about cheating And she talks a little bit about unmet desires or about curiosities and about breaking down where and how infidelity, like, happens and things. Generally, you know, because you're bisexual doesn't mean you're more likely to cheat. That's definitely biphobia. But if if you have desires that aren't being met in this relationship, that's definitely valid. So if you are already having feelings of, like, oh, I'm unsatisfied because I haven't done this or I'm seriously interested in this, I would recommend having a look at Could you go and see a professional? Is that something that's different enough from an open relationship that you just want to kiss a woman, touch a boob, undress her? You don't have to do everything with a sex worker, but you could find that just some soft little PG or M-rated sessions with someone that you pay means that there isn't the threat of like emotions or dating or love or feelings or anything like that. And like something interesting that I've done with a partner of mine has been like, you know, giving them $150 and being like, you spend this on pornography. You spend this on OnlyFans. You buy yourself some stuff. You go and support some women. This is me saying I'm all about you loving on a whole bunch of women, you know, and you can just have some have some fun with that. You know, how is your partner with you about your sexuality? Is it threatening for him? Is it sexy for him? Hopefully non-threateningly, you know, can you both talk about how hot women are is that okay you know it could also just be a really good thing to talk to a sex therapist about because this is like a really common thing that that does come up and it doesn't have to be a threatening bad thing it could be like a really cool part of your shared fantasy life but what's most important is you and yourself so i think you're thinking a lot about yourself and your relationship but how are you feeling as an individual with your sexuality as well
1: Yeah, it's so important to bring it back to the individual. Like it's lovely to be in a couple, super dope, but like you are the only person who can control getting the things that you want (laughs) in life. Like I think even like talking around a desire again like that, but so sticks out in this question. Like I don't think that we necessarily need to control our desires, but I think it's really important to listen to them and (laughs) reflect on them. Uh, it's okay to have desires and it doesn't make you a greedy bisexual, you know, it makes you a person (laughs) in the world. Um, And we all want things. And, you know, if it makes you feel better, like that's literally why I started seeing a sex therapist, because I was trying, I was dating this woman at the time and I just couldn't, I couldn't have sex with her, and I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And I'm like, "What's wrong with me? I've fantasized about this since I started masturbating. Like, this is, y- you know, if I'm getting off, it's generally it's, yep, there's women are dope. <laughs> um, yep, cis hat dudes are they're an occasional, they're they're a, <laughs> they're an occasional <laughs> participant in uh, those fantasies for me. um but yeah, I was just so confused by that, and I guess I just really figured that there's clearly like a wall I need to get over. Like I think for me personally, I I think it's like performance anxiety, um, you know, mixed with other things of like I'm still learning how my attraction works with women. You know, it's different than other things I've experienced before. Um, my attraction to all kinds of people is very different, and figuring out what I want out of those relationships. And you know, like Lauren said, like yeah, I've I've been waiting for um. I was literally talking to, a, you know, a partner about it yesterday um, and saying how I was very interested in seeing, um, like, a plus size uh, bat woman sex worker as soon as we're allowed out. Um, I showed showed my pic to Lauren, like, back by my birthday, you know. Also, because I thought, you know, two birds with one stone, like, further, um enjoying how my body looks and seeing it be beautiful and what a beautiful experience that could be, you know, fucking somebody who looks like me, you know? Um, yeah. So like, I'm really excited for that. Um, and that's the thing, right? Like your self-exploration doesn't have to mean all of these things to this other like partnership that's like that's one relationship in your life like I'm being assumptive but I hope that there's lots of beautiful different kinds of relationships in your life friendships and familial like uh all kinds of acquaintances that make you feel really great on occasion but, and have this beautiful network you know um and I just think we really prioritize romantic relationships super super heavily and more than we prioritize our relationships with ourselves
0: absolutely and I mean when it comes to when it comes to non-monogamy like for myself it's I was a person who was in a straight passing relationship for quite a while and once I felt really solid in that relationship us talking about some non-monogamy when they were going to be away studying for a while was me saying, hey, I have this pull towards this woman who I've known for a really long time. We've actually started to have a little bit of a flirt. She's kind of suggested maybe we could make out sometime. Would that be okay?" Kind of thing. And and, you know, like we talked about it a lot and then that was okay, And then I did do that. And then that was like really lovely and did help me feel more affirmed you know in my sexuality that was really good frankly I should not have gone on to date her <laughs> which I did do and that didn't go well it really should have just been you know we just call each other beautiful and make out sometimes and that's okay you know it's and I should have to just draw those lines it's hard to stop <laughs> when you're a super empath you know like ooh, you end up throwing yourself into relationships when really it should have just been a hookup but you know as an aside I did feel I, I was attracted to her. I wasn't just like any woman would do, blah, whatever. But I did still feel that a more affirmed so I can understand this person. I mean, I would say, like, we've both been her in different ways. There's lots of listeners that are going to relate to it. You know, I'd love for more people who listen to this to share any advice for them that they might have. Um, have you had a similar relationship? Are you in a straight passing relationship and you found a way to express yourself Um, But yeah, I would just say like to summarize, Vix and I are really feeling for you being in a straight passing relationship as someone who's bisexual can be really hard. And we want you to have other queer and bi community decoupled from sex and hookups. You don't need to be a perfect bisexual to be valid. You are bisexual. Now you're bisexual. If you never touch a coochie, totally fine. Um, But on the flip side, you can look at you know, exploring experiences or a little bit of variety in different ways, talking to your partner, talking to yourself, figuring out what you want. And yeah, you're not going to be an evil, an evil slutty bisexual unless you want to be and unless you choose to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like your big old gay desires are already rearing their head. And great, love it, love this for you. Let it rear its beautiful head. Give it a smooch, ask it what it wants and figure out how to make it happen. Like it's okay if you don't do anything about it for a while. It's okay if you just sit and fantasize and think about it for a while. There's no timeline. It's, yeah, you can do this. We believe in you. And there's a lot of beautiful experiences waiting for you and lots of beautiful community.
0: Well, that was beautiful. I, I really, I'm really feeling for this person. I love uh, all of the support we've had from our bisexual episode. If you've got your bi panic questions, please send them. <laughs> We're very happy to talk about this anytime. And, uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot of amazing resources out there. Like Vix mentioned groups and talking to other queers in your life. And it's all good. We've got you.
1: Because, like, if you're if you're a Melbourne base, you may not be, but a lot of our current fan bases, you know, there's, like, the Melbourne Bisexual Network. There's, like, so many different things. Uh, yeah, I love how Lauren's like, I'm going to wrap this question up. And I'm like, but I'm not finished talking about being bisexual.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can never stop. And, I mean, go to Pride. If you've never been to Pride, you don't have to have eaten pussy to go to Pride. You know, I feel like a lot of queers feel like that. Um, But pride feels amazing, queer spaces feel amazing, queer community feels amazing, and it doesn't involve sex whatsoever. So, you know, find ways to get affirmed outside and before potentially, you know, getting getting involved in the sexy pants of someone with a different gender to your partner.
1: Yeah, Hmm. you go.
0: So Vix, this second question, I feel like we're also going to be able to to relate another spicy personal one. So please take it away.
1: Yeah. Thank you to the people writing us spicy personal questions. Please keep them coming. All right. <clears throat> Dear Wonderfully Done, my wife has expressed interest in a poly relationship for some time now. The polyam lifestyle is definitely not something I'm against, and I love all the sweet baboos who have found happiness with it. However, I have expressed to her that I'm not 100% comfortable with it due to my history with relationships, each one ended with the realisation that I was being cheated on. She said that she needs someone who can keep up sexually, but there would be no feelings involved. I'm someone who pretty closely relates sex and love, which is why I'm uneasy with the idea. Given all of this, should I feel guilty about not letting her express this side of her or am I being selfish?
0: So Vix, my heart is absolutely aching for this listener in this. I feel like there's so much concern. They're feeling like they're depriving their partner there's really hard phrases in here like keeping up sexually uh, that just brings up so many feelings of like shame or judgment or just not being on the same page as a partner that just it really hurts for me are you are you feeling similar we've got sad faces on
1: oh they are very sad faces uh yeah i have a lot of feelings about a lot of different aspects of this um I don't even know quite where to start, to be honest.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think we can go right off the bat to say this is is a common experience when people talk about non-monogamy or poly or where does it come from. It's an unfortunate starting point where it comes from a point of someone saying, I want this, the other person is nervous, and then there's some phrasing that feels a bit judgmental or makes it feel a bit intense or makes it feel time sensitive. It's the perfect kind of thing to talk to a sex therapist about or talk to a relationship therapist about because renegotiating a relationship is really hard and some relationships don't survive that renegotiation and that figuring out and that's okay, but it really helps to have a mediator rather than trying to, you know, honestly trying to get a guide involved. I would really recommend
1: Yeah, who's got a little bit more experience in this space than you both do. Um, Because I guess I don't really know the context of how long you've been together, if your wife has had other relationships before, if she's had polyamorous relationships before or different styles of open relationships, or this is something that, yeah has has been a, a desire of some kind for some time that they haven't acted on. Um, I kind of want to start with saying you like this is it's so much pressure to put on yourself um, that feeling around it being you that is stopping her from experiencing herself like when we choose to be in different relationships like that is making a choice. And when you have a relationship um with certain negotiated boundaries, it you know it it actually is a big deal changing those, especially when the the desires are different, differentiate they're different. <laughs> I've like forgotten how to do words. um and it's it's actually it's so okay for you to not want that. It really is okay. um. When me and Lauren were talking about this one... You know, I think people often, there's a lot of conversation around sort of like uh, non-monogamy and polyamory, sort of around it being like a higher level of sexuality and maturity and progressiveness and being more enlightened. But, you know, I don't know if I really believe in that, to be honest. I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of one of the windy paths that you get stuck on. And unfortunately, at least in my experience in non-monogamy and polyamory, it does seem to be something that people um (laughs) consolidate they consolidate these myths but it doesn't have to be the case, like the sort of thing around like true sexual liberation is is being comfortable with your boundaries and what works for you. You don't have to be the kinkiest person. You don't have to have heaps of partners. It's okay to know what you want and to seek what you want and to know what works for you. And it sounds like that might not be polyamory.
0: Yes, it's really okay for you to have boundaries, Like you and your wife entered into a relationship and an arrangement that there was some assumed monogamy, you know, and she's the one that wants to sit down and maybe renegotiate. And it sounds like it's become pretty heated already. Instead of like, can we talk about this? It's becoming her saying, you know, there won't be feelings. This is what I want. I need someone who can keep up with me, making it sound like you aren't enough for her. Like there's things that would just give me so many brain gremlins if, if the conversation was happening with me in that way. And it really sucks if you're made to feel like you're the uncool one, because poly, poly culture can be so self-defensive. They can be super judgmental to anyone that's not Also poly or and like you're saying you're poly positive. I think you're really clearly understanding that this works for people and you're not sure if that's for you. And that is 100 percent okay. It's not selfish if the thought of your partner getting intimate with other people is a no for you. It sounds like the two of you might relate to love and sex differently, which is completely fine. I would say definitely get a sex therapist involved because this is a recipe for people to get hurt, people to feel frustrated, people to feel constrained unfairly, so I would definitely get some support. Um, I also think the books um, The Ethical Slut can be really helpful and the book Opening Up by Tristan Tarmino could be really good to read together not as saying, I will read this and then I will be okay with Polly, but instead use it as a jumping off point for conversations and you might find that it's helpful for you. But I'm not trying to coach you into opening your relationship because I'm not sure that it's for you. It sounds like you've had a lot of hurt and pain from people cheating on you. So there's a lot of threat there when it comes to sex outside of relationships. And also when your wife says that, it's going to just be sex. Um, that doesn't work out. <laughs> like, if once you say that there won't be feelings, there will still be feelings. Lots of poly people start that way and say it's just makeouts, it's just sex, but a hell of a lot of the time, the thrill of the unknown, the thrill of the forbidden ends up messing around with that a lot. Um, It could be a channel where if your wife really wants to have sex with other people, you could make an arrangement where she just sees professionals because literally a professional will not have a relationship with your wife. They're not going to have an affair with your wife. They're not going to run away with your wife. That could be a safe way of constraining it, maybe. But again, these are all still pretty big measures that I don't know that you're ready to take. And I talk to a sex therapist a lot more first.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right? To like open up a relationship in any sense, it requires a very, very strong base in, in your core relationship that you're moving from. And it kind of feels like if you were to agree to it, it would be at the expense of your own comfort uh, without enough trust to be able to survive the many, many different things that could happen. I think that's what I, you know, through my my own experiences, um, I just I couldn't have guessed all of the different things, that were challenging or made me uncomfortable or different ways that I had to look at myself, different ways that I had to look at other people, different hang-ups that I had, uh, having to really hold them close and really look at them and really thinking about how I work as a person, uh, dealing with some of these myths where there is so much pressure to be comfortable with everything all the time. There's pressure to not feel jealousy and the different ways that those can be interpreted and I think people who are doing non-monogamy and polyamory well I think they believe and accept that different forms of jealousy and envy you know everything under that umbrella that is natural and something that will be recurring I think it's actually the smaller group of people that don't experience feelings like that because that's the thing too it's like we all have um, a different very rich uh, emotional experience in life And when different things are happening in our lives too, that changes the feelings that we have about other things. I just, I don't think you can say these things just won't happen. Um, I'm not sure about you, Lauren, but I'm not really sure that people can say things like I guarantee no feelings. Like how do you define feelings? What is that level? Are you saying... In this sense, it's like, you can only treat people like a sex toy, which is fine if both people want a sex toy arrangement, but I don't know how common that is, um... Yeah, also, the
0: wife is saying that she won't get feelings, but what about the people she gets involved with? They could get feelings. They could get hurt, you know? Yeah,
1: whereas there the needs to be respect and care for the other partners as well. That's one of the big things about why people don't do non-monogamy and polyamory, because it's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking work all the time. Like, and that, you know, that bit is is really, it's hard. It is, it's hard work. I think... I think it's worth noting as well, it's sort of like we're talking about polyamorous relationships and then we're also saying no feelings involved. And it's kind of generally the differentiator is polyamory means that there is scope for feelings of different kinds and other open relationship non-monogamy broader terms usually are there's less scope for emotions. sort of polyamory is the more full-on one for at least that's my <laughs> understanding right well, poly-
0: polyamorous has amorous in it which is related to feelings and love and things like that I mean I do not speak Latin but uh but yeah <laughs> it sounds like your wife might be thinking of non-monogamy Uh, more more so, just to say it's just not a monogamous relationship or maybe it's relationship anarchy and she wants to, you know, have a real case-by-case basis. But yeah, Polly usually is describing it as you know there's space for dating there's space for love there's space for relationships kind of thing and like that's my identifier more than the non-monogamous it's kind of like all poly relationships are probably non-monogamous but not all non-monogamy is poly <laughs>
1: kind of yes. no, thing no yeah. totally agree because mm. it's funny like because you know I'd probably like consider like like Lauren, like, you know, like a polyamory mum. <laughs> i definitely say if I hadn't been friends with Lauren and, you know, her partner, or well, one of her partners, Um, you know, I don't know, you know, if I would have had the same experience because I I was really lucky to see up close what a really healthy, loving, you know, polyamorous relationship could look like. Um. I've had some strange experiences, especially with people, you know, doing it for the first time. And I feel like you talk to (laughs) anyone who's done polyamory and it's like, yep. First timers, first experiences, holy shit, did so many mistakes, so many feelings were hurt, really had to claw back and desperately rebuild that trust because, man, we fuck shit up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely did that. You know, I've been involved in various forms of non-monogamy since I was like 21 or something like that, and I'm 31 now. And it's like, I I exploded relationships. I, I damaged myself. I overextended. I did things that were not okay like i did things that were kind of cheaty like like not that were not okay and like not negotiated and that's the thing of like when you when you set rules when you set firm boundaries you need to have a relationship that can hopefully still hold together when there's small tears or small tests or small breaches small, I'm talking small, not massive, Um, because that sort of opening up will absolutely test the relationship quite a lot. And, you know, you will make mistakes. But even, you know, Vix and I, we might say, we'll never date someone that's a first-time poly person, and then someone amazing comes along. And you're like, (laughs) well, fuck, you know, rules are made (laughs) to be broken. Like, it's it's really difficult. And Vix and I are both just not sure that that's for you. It doesn't feel like it's now. It sounds like you could be a good six months to a year or more away from exploring the babyest, smallest, gentlest little explorations into potential non-monogamy. And is your wife already frustrated, already feeling urgent, already feeling stifled? like these are all good reasons to get into therapy together.
1: Yeah, I'm this is a really it's a really trucky a tricky trucky a really tricky robust (laughs) uh, area this you know like being totally honest like even though I know non-monogamy is for me I think it's so interesting like you know there's little things like I love being able to kiss my friends and that just not being a problem and not something I have to negotiate like that's I love just the it it makes me feel like I can be myself without restriction. Of course, you know, always, um, always communicating. Um, but, you know, I'm not comfortable all the time. I would say there are still frequent things that make me very uncomfortable. And sometimes I'm like, is this for me? Can I cope with this, you know? And I think that's why it's also important. Like, it sounds good that you've got um, other people that are, polyamorous and non-monogamous in your life because again like for these alternative lifestyles like community is really helpful and really important and I I wasn't entering, entering this polyamorous relationship without support like I had support structures outside of that relationship to check in and talk to my feelings about and it was so it's funny it's actually um one of Lauren's partners I talk to sometimes you know about polyamory and just some of the experiences that we have you know I this is literally like my one friend I can talk to about very sort of specific scenarios which is like Having that in my life and having my feelings validated by other people who I feel understand has been, I'd say absolutely critical to me. Like, And Lauren's been such a wonderful friend to me through yeah, navigating such a, a huge swath of, of difficult interpersonal uh, feelings, problems, discussions, because I just never had them before. So it's kind of opening this door it's 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 opening the door i think to a lot more than most people realize like it's not just like cool lots of fucking sex now Mm, (laughs) mm, mm. get in me everybody (laughs) i mean i wish it was but like also you know like lauren empath like feelings i don't quite know how to separate always you know it's it's not really how my brain works currently or i haven't managed to um you know, whip it into shape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like it's the same for this listener. Like if if they're still building up their sense of trust and safety, especially if they've come from a a past with a lot of cheating, they still might need a whole lot of healing and they still might need that from their wife and might need to work on that with a therapist. Like, just to summarize, Vix and I are really feeling for you. Of course, you know, I'm feeling for the wife. You know, if there are desires and fantasies that she wants, you know, still, I'm not okay with the way she's going about it. I'm not okay with the phrases that are happening. I think the two of you need to become a team again on this. It doesn't feel like you're on the same side right now. So whatever you can do, whatever research, thinking, feeling you can do, involve other people. Vix's point on connecting with community about this. It's not to go to them and say, hey guys, should we be poly? Like that's not appropriate. But instead say, I'm worried about these things, or these feelings are coming up, or can you talk to me about how it started for you or how did those conversations go or what helped you know it was right for you and really listen to yourself don't sacrifice your own like comfort on the altar of your relationship with your wife it's very okay if at the end of the day this just isn't for you or it's not for you right now and then it's that really hard conversation with the wife of okay well what do we do about that and again that's still a really good conversation to have facilitated by a professional
1: Totally. And it's okay if you just want to be monogamous, you know, <laughs> like that is okay. <laughs> that is, if that's for you, that's fine, you know, and I hope, I hope you can both get what you want, whether that is together or not, you know.
0: <sighs> well, Vix, we had some big personal big personal ones on that little list. Non-monogamy, bisexuality, relationships, differing desires, like, whoa, those are like big, heavy topics. And I think it's a really good representation of where we want to go in season two. We want to have a lot of fun, but we want to get really deep. We want to get really messy. We want to hear about what's happening in people's lives, What sexy goals do they have for this year, you know, coming out of the hell year that we've had? What do they want for themselves? What do they want their life to look like? You know, people are having conversations about their futures, their sexual and relationship futures, which I really like to hear about.
1: Hell yeah, I am very loving this. And, you know, from a little survey that we conducted, these were topics people wanted to hear more about and we were very lucky to actually have some more questions in the bank on those topics. So if there's certain things you want to hear us talking about, help us out. Uh, Ask us your questions.
0: (laughs) Gorgeous. Well, Vix, I want to jump straight into Learning Lane because I think you and I have both had some really enriching, fun, um, educational experiences that we really do want to share. So, Vix, I've spoken about the Pleasure Activism book in previous little Learning Lane sections, But I just want to recommend it again to people. It's been out of physical print for a long time. It's been amazing now that I've got a copy. It's a collection of different essays and some of them are like really accessible. Some of them are a little bit more academic, a little harder, but there's lots of flavors in there. And the author talks about a particular essay by um, by an American um, black lesbian called Audre Lorde who is really amazing. We'll put her name in the show notes. Um, who wrote an essay back in the 70s, I believe, called Uses of the Erotic, The Erotic as Power. And so it really inspired the author of this pleasure activism book so much as a young queer um, black woman these ideas of eroticism and desire and it being a politically progressive thing to do to try and heal yourself through sexuality and desire and yeah i just wanted to read some juicy quotes from it that i found really really um, inspiring so one that was really interesting for me Uh, It is a short step from there to the false belief that only by the suppression of the erotic within our lives and consciousness can women be truly strong. But that strength is illusory for it is fashioned within the context of male models of power, which I thought was really, really, really interesting and really hit me for the erotic is not a question only of what we do. It is the question of how acutely and fully we can feel in the doing, which I really like. And just one more I want to add, the sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional, psychic or intellectual, forms a bridge between the sharers, which can be the basis for understanding much of what is not shared between them and lessens the threat of their difference. And yeah, they're just beautiful quotes that to me, I'm like, this is a great exploration of not purely sex, but the idea of like desire and eroticism and how all of these things help you understand yourself help you free yourself help you in your relationships with other people even if you're not in sexual relationships with them and there's just so much in that essay and you could find the essay online we'll put it in the show notes but it's just a really inspiring piece that's like is it 50 years old it's probably almost 50 years old like that's some amazing bold writing very cool
1: Yeah, no, just sitting with a really large smile on my face. Oh, I'm so excited to read this book!
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so, it's super, super good. So yeah, I definitely, I'm just eating it up. Some of it's dense. Sometimes I need to take breaks, but very, very good. And yeah, I'll find a place that has that full essay online because I can see that 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 whole essay and so many things in it just would have shaken up the brains of so many, especially young queer black women that had read it.
1: Yeah, no, that's so beautiful. Wow,
0: <laughs> so good. Wow, so good. But you've also been expanding your brain, Vex, and I want to hear more about it.
1: I have. I've been doing some learning, everybody. Um, it. it we've just. We've just come out of l- last week was Ace Week, so an extra little moment to say to all of our beautiful Ace Spectrum listeners out there, we love you so much. And we love you every week of the year, not just on Spectacular, Ace Week. I guess it won't it won't be next week by the time you listen to this person who is listening. It could be any time. So it could be the next next year's Ace Week. Anyway, moving on. So I went to this really beautiful workshop. Um, It was two hours and it had a panel and it also had a couple of lovelies who were talking about the history of, I guess sort of like ace community online coming together and people being able to find each other to talk to each other because I'm sure many of you listening out there have noticed that the ace spectrum seems to be shrouded in a lot of mystery and there seems to be a lot of questions, but being afraid to ask and not really knowing where to look for information. And so I feel really fucking honored that I, you know, got the opportunity to sit and listen to these wonderful people who I must say, goodness me, I hope we can have um, some of them speak on the podcast would be really, really amazing. But it just struck me so hard. I just, you know, I really do want to learn as much as I can about how people connect and how all different people connect and I really have to say I, there's just so much that I don't know I definitely had the moment of like oh gosh there re- wow I thought I knew a few things but really wow really big gaps but instead of kind of sinking into that shame I kind of celebrated inside the joy of my appetite being wet for just I want to learn more about what other people's lives are like and what they want. Like there were so many things that stuck out to me. I almost don't know where to start. So I'm actually reading some of the notes that I wrote because it was one of those where you're like, goodness me, I desperately don't want to forget anything because this is just so inspiring. I just think what is really neat about the way the ace experience was talked about was the breadth of expressions and experiences that people can have. And I think I think it really in some ways like a really a much more progressive way to look at sexuality whether for or it, it is something that you experience or not something that that you, you don't experience desire for sex. I think it's really interesting. Um, just like I'd never had somebody say to me in these direct words that sex drive and sexual attraction are different things, uh, which really blew my tiny mind. I feel like, a, you know, a stereotype is often the sexual repulsion um, and sort of like, another stereotype that they talked a lot about was um you know people who are ace being kind of like viewed as cold and not human there was a lot of really interesting um discussion around like the pressures and infantization of people because like there's so much in the way that our society is built where sex and sexuality and Romantic relationships and you know, the nuclear family and all that shit like everything in our society is set up to have those things, and wanting and moving towards those things are signs of maturity and adulthood. But what happens when you don't experience romantic feelings or sexual feelings? Does that mean that you're perpetually going to be treated like a child and feel like one? Like, no, there is room for all kinds of different adult experiences is like honestly like the older I get for me what I view being an adult is is getting to cl- the closest you can to yourself who you really are what you really want and getting rid of all the shame in the best ways that you can um that hold you back from those things that you truly want. Um the the workshop existed in a large way uh to broaden the conversations about being ace and how can we in queer spaces better include the fucking a? How can we do that? Like, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, there's just so much misinformation out there and I I am desperate to learn more. I feel like this is actually, this workshop hit me so hard. I almost feel a little bit like I'm, Stumbling over my words and I almost can't get out everything that I want to say because it just, it (laughs) really, yeah, made me feel very emotional, very excited, very inspired and also challenging how I feel about my own sexuality and the way I experience romance and sexual desire and what do I actually want versus what society has told me that I should want, you know, one of the speakers was talking about, I I mentioned actually earlier in the episode, sort of like around sexual liberation and how so often the channel for that, like, um, especially as a woman is like, to be liberated is to fuck freely, but I just thought it was really beautiful. It came from that workshop where uh, you know, the truest liberation is is if you want to do and if you don't don't and that there's no punishment or judgment either way and and room room to be <laughs> just just to be who you are and if there's anything that that we can do to help bring more visibility Uh, To the ace experience, I'm fucking so down. I can't even. (laughs) Yes, we will have
0: an ace episode in this season. We've been looking for the right kind of speakers and things like that. And we're taking it upon ourselves to educate ourselves, not just flying in blind to hopefully be a bull in a china shop about the whole thing. So, you know, I really look forward to Vix and I doing that this season keeping on learning a whole bunch more because I'm the same. Like it's been an area that I've not understood for too long. I know about it the least in terms of the LGBTQIA plus like community. And so, yeah, it's time for it's time for me to to get with it. And yeah, Ace Babes, we totally love you.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I just I just didn't do that any justice because it was just so... Wonderful.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's not about delivering the whole lesson, but it's sharing that we learned and it felt really good and encouraging people to go out and also do a learn.
1: Gosh, yeah. Do some learns, mm-hmm. folks. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's good. Uh, and you can cry on a Zoom like me, maybe. <laughs> I only <laughs> cried like three times. <laughs> so <it's fun. laughs> That's,
0: that sounds like a pretty good lesson to me. But talking about good times, Vix, I also want to talk about a little Weekly Wonderful. So our Weekly wonderful's where we chat about something that we have loved this week. Uh, obviously, you're listening to the first season, uh, sorry, the first episode of the second season that we've recorded um, well in advance, but... Uh, this week is one of the first weeks of lockdown lift in Melbourne, and so Vix and I are actually going to have a catch-up this afternoon with one of my partners, eat food, watch each other eat food, have some beverages. It's nice and warm today. Uh, it's technically a public holiday. You know, fuck the Melbourne Cup. We don't support it, but, you know, we are still going to use it to get together, um, hang with our pals, and that's that's definitely my weekly wonderful
1: Yeah, I'm really, really hanging out for it. I'm really excited because, you know, it's like three 3.40pm 3 right now um, and so we're meeting up uh, I don't know So I think availability after 6 so I'm just like ah, getting very close I'm very excited um, so I'm imagining that's probably going to be one of the uh, best parts of my week um, it's a funny one isn't it I've been so waiting for everything to open up um, but also like it's incredibly stressful so I feel like all of my wonderfuls are also there's like oh it was stressful also oh no like I went to a shop for the first time since like maybe June and um it was it's a very large uh antique sort of second hand store where people all have different little stalls and I sort of said to myself like I'm not going to rush out and go shopping but uh heard that that was open and there were these pink champagne glasses I really wanted to get which were gone um but I got in there and I was like I, I feel like, you know, you sit in lockdown for ages and you're like, dude, I could live like this. Like, this is fine. Like, um, I could be a hermit. And then I'm like, oh, look at this. Look at that. Oh, But look at this and just having this like unbridled joy and just being very excited. So just swearing like a train and just, oh, that lovely people looking at you in public, like your foul mouth little bitch. <laughs> <Just> like,
0: <laughs> as it should be, as it should be.
1: That's fine. I like learned a long time ago, like, um. I'm not People are gonna look. Anybody. Give them
0: something to look at. Yeah,
1: I'm <laughs> great. Like mm-hmm. you'll be fine. You like I'm sure you've heard a swear word before. Like, what is your constitution? What is that really based on? Like, children hear swear words all the time anyway. Have you looked at media? So, like, I'm just not taking that on. Like, no. No. um. And what else? Gosh, I've like seen—I've actually seen um, one of Lauren's partners twice already. With we've, <laughs> we've had lots of fun together. Um, yeah, it really has been seeing seeing pals and going to this bloody Ace workshop because that really that rocked my friggin' world. Um, I'd probably, <laughs> apart from from uh, later on, like probably. The, the very best ah oh, just just see I, I think that's what's so weird about the lockdowns right it's like people where you literally haven't seen them for months and it feels like it was yesterday still um it's just this really weird surreal um sort of picking back li- life back up but like not quite you know
0: yeah, it's definitely odd because it's not fully back to normal and then it's like we've all got huge social backlogs almost but we're all still working and it's going to become Christmas soon, so it's definitely all a bit overwhelming and you know and I'm you know I'm tentatively hopeful that everything's still going to stay open. I'm hoping to go to my parents' place, see some baby goats, see my mum for her birthday that's in a couple of weeks from the time that we're recording. So I'm hoping we stay out of lockdown, but also being ready to be like, okay, I'm resilient. If we have an outbreak again, if we go back in, it will suck, but it will be okay. And, you know, thank you everyone for your sacrifices of doing the responsible thing, you know, when and how you could like, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. You rock the party. We all we all did this one together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel very joyful today. I mean, obviously, because like I get to spend a large portion of it with you, <laughs> and you know, have a have a better love in my life right now, and like mm. that's been really nice. Um, really nice. It's been really funny. Like, I don't know if I call this a weekly wonderful, but um. But I'm going to talk about it anyway, because uh, this is our podcast and I talk about what I want. It's really funny with like lockdown ending, like it's like first weekend of freedom and just like my fucking Tinder's going (laughs) off. Such like a flood of people like, hello, how do you do? Hi, 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 hi. When are you free? When are you free? And I'm just kind of like, people like i'm want to see like my like my actual meaningful relationships first we've just been in lockdown for like bleebly blue blee, blee amount of days like are you serious <laughs> right
0: yes now? wow people like, priorities I'm, come I'm
1: on not that desperate to you know have some like likely disappointing sexual encounters <laughs> 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 i've got to like gussy up a bit more and mm. get like used to the world a bit like i'm Probably when this airs, like, I'll be very feeling sorry for myself because um, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out very shortly, uh, two weeks away. So, you know, I've only got, like, a small window. So, Tinder folk, like, mwah. If you're listening, thanks. Thanks for a following from my profile. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. But like, I've got to, I've got to, got to look after me mouth. I need some more room in there. So I got to get rid of these teeth and I uh, got to see my beloveds, you know, like relationships are important. I love the whole, like, you know, love when you can pick a relationship up again. And it's like, nothing has changed, but also I'm an extremely firm believer in like, you got to deposit in your relationship bank so that you have a good relationship. Good relationships don't just happen. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: absolutely and talking about good relationships you know we want to have a good relationship with you dear listeners so thank you for being a part of the first episode of season two please send us all of your love send us all of your attention your questions and vix what is our beautiful little spiel if someone's listening for the first time how do they get involved
1: Hello and welcome to the Wonderfully Done spiel. This is where we ask you for things and you do them because we're great and you're great. Yay! Um, that is all we have time for in this episode, my cute little bambinos. Do you have a burning question that you would love to hear us talk about? If you do, there are a few ways that you can send that to us. Our DMs on our Twitter at done wonderfully are always open, always open for you, for your thoughts, for your feelings, whatever you like. If you're gross, we'll block you. It's fine. You can also slip us an anonymous message if you don't want us to know who you are, which we totally fucking respect. We don't need to know who you are to have, um, kind and thoughtful discussion about what's going on in your personal life you can find us at curiouscat.qa slash wonderfully done and wonderfully done can be downloaded pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts and if it's not there please let us know so that we can get it on there
0: and hey you're doing wonderfully